Dr. Oki is um, definitely one of the doctors I looked up to um, while I was an associate in Houston. And um, I was just looking for some type of mentorship uh, for someone who uh, was just doing what I wanted to do. So I went on Google, found him, uh, emailed him and applied for a job um, just really so I can go learn from him. So he's definitely one of those gifts that I want to share and uh, just really pick his brain just to see how his uh, experience has been in ownership, um, you know, what he's what he's liked, what he hasn't, um, what his goals and future, you know, ambitions and dreams are. Uh, and just really get to uh, share this man's uh, wisdom with you all. So without further ado, uh, Doku, we thank you for being on the podcast today. And uh, we look forward to, to speaking with you. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. Um, yeah. I actually didn't know that you uh, that you found me through Google. <laughs> <laughs> man, Google's the answer to a lot of things now. Man. Right? It's a lot of things. Yeah, man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right, so Doc, just you know, just to start off, um, where yeah. is it that you went to school? You know, and when did you graduate? Okay, so I went to dental school at Howard University, HU, um, in Washington D.C. I graduated in 2012, and um, right after graduating um, in 2012, that summer, I moved to Dallas uh, to be closer to family, mm-hmm. and because uh, I heard the Texas market was pretty good. So I moved down there and, uh, you know, was contracting for a bit for a few years. And then I decided to, to, you know, um, start my own thing. Uh, so I purchased my first practice in 2015. Uh, it, it, it was located in Conroe, Texas. Um, it was an, it was an older practice that had been around. We were seeing mostly Medicaid and, um, you know, it was, the equipment was kind of old. The, uh, the, um, upholstery in the, in the clinic was old as well. Um, so what we decided to do was rebrand, rebrand the clinic. So it took us about six to nine months to rebrand everything, get some new equipment in, uh, change um, the upholstery on the chairs that we had, um, put some more technology in. It was a paper, it was a, a paper practice. And so we tried to, you know, make it as paperless as possible to be um, as efficient as possible. Um, and in March of 2016, we opened doors and we hit the ground running. We were pretty productive and, uh, I felt I had my systems down. I felt I had my support team down. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to venture into practice number two, uh, in September of 2016, a practice became available about 10 to 15 miles North of my Conroe practice. And so I, I figured, Hey, look. You know, it was a beautiful practice uh, in a growing area. I figured if I don't acquire that practice, then somebody else will. And uh, that just kind of stiffens the competition. So I figured, let me, let me, just, let me just do that. So I did it. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are today. I still have the two practices. I mean, it's been, um, it's been filled with a lot of trials and tribulations. And it's been a, a, a very steep learning curve for me, um, but I'm very excited and passionate about what I do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think I was pretty um, excited to meet someone like you because you don't really come a- across a lot of doctors um, that are that ambitious and have a great vision, mm-hmm. um, you know, post dental school. 
You know, a lot mm -hmm. of us were in dental school. We want to just get done and become that dentist and own a practice or maybe multiple practices. But, you know, when you look at their vision and what they're trying to accomplish for community, for the world, mm -hmm. you know, some of them just don't have that big ambition like you. And so when we sat down, I was like, hey, man, this is somebody I can definitely do business with, you know. So it kind of sucked that you had to leave us, man, and go start your own thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, you know, I'm thankful for everything. Absolutely. Man, well, appreciate that. You know, one big thing, we actually want to rewind your story a little bit here. Okay. okay. After you now be, uh, became an associate or you're working here in Dallas, what was it inside you that now was like, okay, I can go into ownership? You know, a lot of people here, especially the ones listening to this, would be those who haven't gotten into ownership yet. What was that switch that caused you to make that change? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I've always kind of been. Uh, one you would consider an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was in dental school, I was um, always, you know, I'll be in class and I'll be thinking about um, things outside of class, you know, so wow. I've always been a thinker. I've always been somebody who, who had independent thought, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so I would jot a lot of my ideas down and all my plans down. And so I always knew that I was going to do my own thing eventually, you know. Um, I never really was an employee out of dental school, I always contracted mm -hmm. it was because I learned, you know, if you're able to control your own schedule, your own time, um, you know, then you can basically control your future. Um, so I always started out as, as a 1099. Um, I tried mm -hmm. to get as much training and CE as I could um, to, to equip me with uh, the skill set to be able to do a lot of that stuff. And so I would partner, as with the way I like to put it, with practices and help them and help them grow. Uh, their business model. Um, so I always kind of knew I needed to start owning at some point mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, you can, um, you can contract all you want. Uh, but, you know, if you don't start owning stuff then you don't really have what, what you call a balance sheet mm. and uh, not having a balance sheet um, doesn't really position you well in, in, in society if you're trying to become independent, right? If you're mm. trying to become uh, financially independent. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I figured at some point, you know, when I got my, when I got my money up, quote unquote, I had to just take that leap. Um, so I think it was me being uh, comfortable with the amount that I'd made and saved up. And of course, working on my credit um, and reading as much as possible. I felt I was in the position at the time to, to make that leap. Otherwise, you know, if I didn't do it then with the opportunities that were coming, I just felt that I would be wasting my time. Hmm. Well, that's an awesome answer. So I really like how you use that vocabulary. You're a contractor and you partnered with offices that you worked with, you know, rather than yeah. saying working for the offices you work. So basically, you're even almost an owner before you actually went into your own, you know, project. Correct. Correct. Wow. Okay. And then even to break, because there's really a lot of juice in that beginning story. So I even want to break it down even further. So now after you got the first office in Conroe, within months, what gave you even just the guts, the confidence yeah. to now go and buy a whole nother practice so soon into ownership? Yeah, um, I think I think really what it was was just having the systems down, mm. having the systems down. I, I um, and this is something I'm learning in, in business is. Um, Consistency and systems 
is basically your playbook, mm. kind of like in sports. Mm. You know, you have um, you have your playbook, so you always reference it, and it kind of guides you uh, when things aren't going your way, or if you need to be aggressive or defensive. You know, you kind of just look at your systems and your playbook. And so after that first practice, I I noticed that things were kind of just running very smoothly. Um, and I kind of just had my systems in place. And so I figured I could leverage what I had to expand out. Um, now, I was a bit conservative because, you know, it was very close to my first office. And so that also helped, too. I mean, it, I, I could literally jump in the car if I needed supplies and just drive up north, nice. you know, and, and go pick up those supplies. So that was comforting to me, too. I'm not sure if I would have done it if, if it wasn't so close. Um but, you know, just definitely the systems for sure. Um, definitely systems, having those systems in place. Okay. And I know, you know, we use this, the, the word systems, you know, you know, now in business. What exactly in the right. dental space, like, what does that look like? Yeah, it's changing and it's evolving, I'm noticing. Mm. Um, but for me, uh, having uh, kind of like a blue book. Uh you know, literally having uh, SOPs, ah. um, what, you're, what you're supposed to do when you come in, mm -hmm. you know, um, starting with turning on the compressors, the vacuums, what you're doing every week yeah. for the front and the back, what the front is supposed to do, you know, um, in terms of phone etiquette, uh, in terms of managing the schedule, in terms of insurances, how the flow of the office is going to run, you know, so you have a patient that comes in from the door what is that patient's first experience? Who's supposed to greet them? Who's supposed to take them in? Who's registering them? How do you signal to the back, you know, that the patient is ready? When the patient is ready, what does the back do? You know, who do you have in what position? I created SOPs for all those. And, um, you know, you can always reference it when things start to get rusty because then you can say, okay, hey, look, this is where we dropped the ball. This is what we need to get back on. And you can use it for training as well. Um, so, you know, just having those those in place, it makes it easier for you because now when you have those in place, you can actually start to rev up the system. You can become a whole lot faster. On, uh, on a little break in, uh, in, in uh, Cali nice. on this resort, and so just my food just got nice. That's a great um, problem to have right there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so even with that, you know, because there, there's a lot of things that I notice, you know, in ownership that we learn really quickly. And even right. something like, um, the, the I know you use the acronym SOP. Can you go ahead and explain, like, w what an SOP is? Uh, standard Operating Procedures. That's yep. um, kind of just a universal acronym. Um, but, it, again, it's like, a, it's like a, a playbook for stuff that you right. do and you guys do and you know, you know it well. Yes. Um, I was using the follow through as, as an example in basketball and I keep referencing sports, but I think that's what most people can kind of relate yes. to. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you get your follow through down, you'll notice that you're able to, to shoot quicker so good. Right? Yep. and more times. Yeah. And then you'll realize that your, your points start to increase. But if you don't have a follow through, if you don't have a system in place with your jump shot, so good. then then you know you, you you'll be you'll be attempting and you might you might try to attempt multiple times and quickly but then your numbers start to drop. Yes. 
So when you have those things in place, then it's easier for you to start to rev up. You can see more patients. You know, you can you can start to work on your uh, clinical skills. You can become quicker with your clinical skills because you know all these systems are in place. Yes. Um, so you know, just having order um, definitely helps nah. for sure. Wow, that's good. Great man, we appreciate this for sure. So we, we want to go into now, like, okay, what have been the benefits now of ownership? You know, many would say, hey, okay, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm afraid to jump in or I've heard a lot of, um, you know, I would have to make sure the compressor is fixed and I'll have to hire people. But what have you seen now as some of, you know, the benefits of being in ownership uh, through your experience? Yeah, 100 percent. And, um, you know, I think we can look at it from a dental perspective and then we can look at it from an investment perspective awesome. as well. Awesome. The more you start to learn about what ownership means, um, you, you understand that it, it's not just in the dental space. And I'm, I'm talking to, to dentists specifically that don't understand that. Wow. Um, you know, you can, you can be an owner in so many ways. You can be an owner of uh, multi-million dollar companies um, just by owning some of their shares, you know, and, and sometimes these shares can pay dividends. Mm. And, you know, there, you can have lots of benefits to that as well. Um, one of the benefits of dental ownership, I would say, is the fact that you now have what's called a balance sheet. You can create uh, assets and liabilities, and and a lot of that stuff you can leverage off of because you now own assets. Um, an asset is a commodity that has value, right, that you can potentially exchange for another commodity. Um, so you leverage off of the asset you have to create cash if you need to, or to create credit. Wow. Um, so, you know, if you don't own these things, then it's going to be hard for any institution or any individual to look at you outside of your skill set or you as an individual. There's only so much you can do um, in a day, right? We only have about eight business hours. And so your value is limited. So you have to learn to leverage off of things and people. And so ownership is one way to do that. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, it basically is how have you grown personally now that you've been in ownership over these years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there, there's, so there is a lot of responsibility that goes into owning. Um, mm -hmm. You'll notice that, uh, especially when you own a business, um, there, there are a lot of moving parts to this, from people's livelihoods to uh, a network of other institutions that you know you might not realize you're partnering with. Mm. Um, so there's just a lot of responsibility that goes into that, and so it almost forces you to have to become responsible. You know, mm. um, you have to just try to be as organized and as healthy and as mentally um, as sharp as possible. Because mm -hmm. every single day that you get up and you head out, all these people are relying on you. You know, mm -hmm. your staff, they're looking to you as a leader, mm -hmm. right? So you have to come in uh, willing to lead. You have to put your best foot forward. You have to be as positive as possible. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to turn your cheek when things aren't going the way you want them to. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be able to have crucial conversations with individuals. Um, you know, it's a lot of leadership that you have to be able to learn. And the really great leaders of great companies are, are able to, to do that, you know. So mm -hmm. you, if, if you're not willing personally to start to develop yourself, 
then you know you're going to plateau in terms of your growth and this is wow. something that you know i've definitely uh started to realize it took me a while but you know the more i read the more i watch people that i um that i would wish to be in their position at some point you start to learn that you just have to step up to the plate and, and so good that's so good so good so as far as just what you feed yourself or feed your mind um what type of books are you reading in order to increase your leadership yeah um there there are um there are a few good uh, authors that are out there um you can start with uh think and grow rich that's a really good one to get you to start changing your mindset about how you look at stuff mm-hmm. um because it really does start in the mind yes. um Another good one, I would say, just to get some understanding of um, financial literacy and what it's about is uh, Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It changes your mindset as well. Nice. Um, and there are tons. I mean, if you just uh, if you get onto Amazon and you and you just Google some of these books, um, you'll start to see similar ones and you check out the reviews. And, and a lot of them kind of resonate and say the same stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, and then YouTube videos, too. YouTube is a great way to to learn some of this stuff there there have been some great visionaries that have created great youtube channels that uh you know people that aren't into business yet or you know young folks that just don't really understand or don't have access to stuff i mean you can just get on your phone and and youtube a lot of these people and they're doing a lot of amazing things there's so many channels you'll 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 see so many great people just really um you know acquiring a lot and um and demonstrating great leadership qualities and it's all awesome. available now on, on your cell phone. It's just amazing what you can what you can find out there. Um, so you know, Patrick, but David is one of them. He's based out in Dallas. Um, yes. He's I like what he's doing with his uh, the way he he demonstrate what a leader should be with valuetainment. Yes. Um, and then he talks about wealth and I mean he has great videos that demonstrate you know kind of what we're talking about. And yes. When you start to soak all this stuff in, then it starts to just make sense. Um, yes. Yeah. So he he's really, really, he's really, really good. Um, you know, it's been a political time this year. And so, you know, politics starts to trickle into some of the stuff that people are talking about. But if you're able to just kind of filter out a lot of the noise that's happening right now and go into the content, there's some really, really good content. That's, that's out there. So good. That's so good. All right, Doc. So, I, you know, we always have this question here and it's um, what is your future vision as, you know, an ownership also in your personal life, what is your vision? Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's large. Uh, it's definitely large, but we're going to be chipping away at it one day at a time. Uh, My ultimate goal, you know, is to, is to have a massive company that can give back to the community. Basically that's the best way to summarize it. And by giving back, I mean, giving, uh, underserved, uh, communities the opportunity to grow and become something mm-hmm. um, by part partnering with us or working for us or, and with us mm-hmm. um, and you know that's kind of why you know I've decided to expand out multiple practices and start a dental assisting school wow. and you know I I, um, I patented a dental product that I, I hope at some point to roll into the dental practices wow. and by doing all this you're giving people um, opportunities to become financially independent themselves and to grow through leadership um, and through um, um, acquiring wealth for themselves. So that's the that's the ultimate goal. And you know we can we can expand this hopefully 
God willing, um, to multiple states and internationally. Uh, you know, and I think it just starts with partnering with the right people. So, you know, teaming up with someone like you to get this to get that done would be amazing because you have the same mindset. And I just hope we can we can all really do that because with where dentistry is going now, it seems like you have to just leverage off of your network and, and the people around you. And so Absolutely. finding the people that you can work with um, long term is, is really the way to go. Absolutely. So good. Very, very, very good, Doc. And then um, just, you know, just like with anything, there's, you know, the law of pulls. Yeah. So you have ownership. So, <laughs> so you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the good, you know, the advantages, but also there, you know, there also come some challenges and we want to get into right. some of those too as well with ownership. Um, right. So what have been some of your challenges? And then more importantly, um, what has been the outcome? of you hanging in there during those challenges? Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's a really, really good question. I think, um, and it's very fitting, uh, mm. especially with what's going on with uh, COVID-19 yes. this year. Um, I've gone through multiple challenges, but um, I think the biggest challenge that you have uh, in business uh, from my perspective is uh, the fact that you you have to mentally prepare yourself to get through whatever is going to come your way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you're you are your biggest challenge. Yes. Um, and so you have to constantly work on you. And if you're not able to do that, I feel like you're it's it's easier to give up if you're not able to do that. Um, and and I'll give some examples. Um, one of the challenges outside of yourself is dealing with staff, dealing mm-hmm. with people. You're going to be meeting people with multiple, um, uh, with different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Different perspectives on life, different belief systems, uh, different core values. And wow. so communication can become um, an issue if you're not willing to step up um, and become the leader that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so having those crucial conversations, uh, training yourself to be able to have those crucial conversations. Um that can be a really, really big challenge. Uh, another big challenge, obviously, is, is the juggling of the macroeconomic picture and system. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this business that's functioning in a, in a large ecosystem of finance. And if you're not studying that, then you won't really understand what's changing. And if it's changing, you know, um, it, it boils all the way down to your, your demographics where your business is located. Sometimes if you're not studying the changes that are happening in your neighborhood, um, in your city, in your town, um, on a national level, um, and understanding the way the banking system works, then sometimes you can definitely get choked up because you're not making the proper steps ahead of time to prepare yourself uh, for, for those moves. So that's also very challenging. Um, and again, it's just really you and your mindset being able to make sure that you're constantly on top of your game, constantly learning. Um, constantly trying to improve yourself um, because you're going to be faced with stuff like COVID. Um, You know, one of my offices flooded last year um, and we were shut down for like six months. Wow. You know, so talk, talk about a big loss. And then right after we opened uh, COVID-19 hits, (laughs) shut down again, you know? So it's like me figuring out how I'm going to manage all that loss, right. While trying to stay above water and then managing all the expectations of, you know, my, my vendors, my staff, 
um, you know, the doctors that I'm working with, um, and then and just my own sanity. You know, it's just it's, you know these are these these are these are challenges that you're going to you're definitely going to face, and they're not going to go anywhere. It's part of this business and part of part of uh, life. Absolutely. Um, so I, I I hired a trainer um, to stay as physically fit as possible and nice. um, stay as sharp as possible. I started eating better, you know, nice. because obviously you want to reduce as much stress as possible so that you can present yourself as the leader that you need to be. Uh, during these challenging times. So it's definitely, definitely challenging, especially with what's been happening recently. Uh, but you just have to keep fighting, you know. You wow. just have to keep fighting. Wow. wow. Thanks for that, for sure. No and um, really, what this is going to be the last question. And it'll be one of the last questions we normally ask is, um, but you as an individual, what is it that you want to leave here on this earth? What would you want your legacy to be? Oh, that's a, that's a really, that's another great question. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll shift towards um, spirituality. Right. That we're not talking about, you know, uh, the business side of stuff. Yes. Um, I would love, you know, after I'm no longer here on this, on this earth, in this physical form, I would really love um, for folks to know me as someone who was a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who wished and hoped that everyone would receive the true blessing of what it is to be uh, called a son of Christ or son of God um, and a believer. Um, I I wish and hope that everybody would receive that light and revelation and understanding. Um, And and I'm trying um, as hard as I can in this form as the Lord permits for me to be able to communicate that with as many people as I can while I'm going through the vicissitudes of life, wow. um, you know, through business and, and, and even these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but that's really what it is, is just to leave, um, leave that behind is, is the understanding that, you know, all this is going to pass away. You know, we can, we can try as hard as we want to, to acquire mm-hmm. all this stuff and, and leave it for our offspring and generations to come, you know, but if you can have all that in the world, but if you, if your soul is lost and you don't have Christ, you know, uh, I feel like that's the biggest loss ever, and so that's just the one thing I wish everyone I meet could could see and understand, and that's what I would love to leave with everyone. Man, that is awesome. Man, well, Doctor Okechuku, we really uh, we appreciate everything, just the nuggets, the wisdom, um, just you really you know being able to share and just be willing to share your experiences. Uh, the goods, the bads, you know, in the future too. What we plan for that um, yeah. with our listeners, with our listenership. So, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be keeping in contact with you. We look forward to speaking with you too in the near future. And uh, we're just we're just looking forward to your growth uh, and what you have hey, to offer the world. Yep. I, pre- I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was amazing. And uh, definitely look forward to many more. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Doc. And we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Take care. Uh, You're right. You too. Bye. Bye.